Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need, all one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor... You can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. The reality we live in can be a very strange place, most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. Episode number, what is it now? 78. Wow, flying through it. I think I said that a couple episodes back, but still, it, you know, it's it, it's crazy. Like, how, how, how am I already this far into it? But, you know, it's, it's only because I've got people like you listening. So, I mean, that being said, if you do want to help the show grow even more, and hopefully... You know, I'll be looking back at episode 150 with thousands of listeners. Like, who knows? The only way that'll ever happen is with your guys' help. So, you know, if you guys don't mind uh, dropping a review, a rating, any of that fun stuff, definitely appreciate it. Also, sharing with a friend is always, always, always appreciated. Um, and while you're at that, too, you know, come and check everything out on social media. If you want some updates on the show, uh, mainly I'm active on Instagram. That's usually the main one. Uh, but yeah, definitely come and check all that fun stuff out. Uh, also got a Telegram group set up. I'm trying to get that to take off a little bit so that everybody can hang out, chat, do all that fun stuff all day. But the only way that'll happen is if all you guys join. So, you know, take take a second and help me out. Come come and join the come join the Telegram. And while you're also at that, I'm just I'm just gonna keep saying while you're at it because I, I have a list here that I got to try to run through. So I have to have a reason to play it into the next thing. So uh, check out Bizarre Encounters with a uh, Mean Ghost. If you're not already listening to it, you know, do yourself a favor, go check out an episode. You know, I put a lot of time and effort into that show just as much as this show. So if you enjoy this show, definitely go check that out because I kind of see it where it's not like I have a a main show. It's mainly I have like a like a show one and a show A. So if that shows any of the effort that I put into it, you know, just do again, do me a favor and go check it out. And, uh, you know, if you can't get enough of my shows and all the crazy things that I do and you want some early access uh, if you want to be able to have access to what I'm doing now, which is live streams of Inquiries of Our Reality, exclusive to Patreon members, uh, come and join the Patreon. Not too bad. It's only five bucks a month. Uh, you get some early access. Usually I'm like two months ahead of schedule. So, you know, if I'm on episode 60, 
more than likely on the Patreon, you got up to episode like 80 or so at that point. So uh, yeah, definitely go check that out. And the live streams are always fun, starting to take off. There's a little group chat on the side. Got my regular listeners, uh, Shane and Brian. Shout out to both of you guys that, you know, I like to give you guys a shout out almost on every show. Uh, come and hang out with those guys. Always fun in the chats. Always got some interesting stuff that Shane's saying. So definitely worth the read. Um, and going into the show, I'm trying to uh, go for the the value for value model. So if you really appreciate what you're hearing, I put a lot of time and effort into my show, everything that I do. And I don't like to put anything split in half or any of that stuff. I just want to give you guys what I do because you know I, I want you guys to hear because I put a lot of time and effort into it. But that being said, if you want to donate back my way a little bit, always appreciated. That's the way I can uh, upgrade equipment, uh, possibly get to do this full time one day because everybody knows you hate going to a regular job and wish I could just sit here and podcast all day. But maybe that dream can come true with you guys. But if you guys want to come and donate a little bit to the show, um, I do have a Kofi account. You can also donate on Anchor, which is my RSS host. Um, and now I have attached it where I can take stuff in from Venmo, Cash App, and PayPal. So if you just want to be nice, you want to, you know, buy me some kombucha for the show, because you know I'm always drinking kombucha on the show. Uh, you know, s- send me a couple bucks on there. Always appreciate it. Bank it up. And, you know, maybe one day I can upgrade to the Roadcaster, which has been my dream since I started. And I feel like I'm getting to that point where, you know, I'm not going to stop. So I, I deserve a little bit of something nice. And, you know, the audio quality will only get better. So come on, guys. You know, if you want to make the show better, be at the ground level, man. Help the show out. And then one day, maybe you can look back and go, damn, I've been listening to that show since the beginning. And I helped him get to where he's at. And I will definitely make sure that you guys get shout outs. And I will never forget any of you guys who have helped me out to progress the show and make it what it is today, man. I mean, who knows where it could be in another year or two if you guys keep sharing and doing what you guys do. So I appreciate all you guys. Love all you guys. And if you guys would like some uh, some merch for the, sh- for the show, um, I did make the shop a while ago. Uh, I don't really promote it too, too much, but I'm trying to promote it on the show a little bit. I got a few designs. Um, Going to be working on some more soon, hopefully. Uh, you can go and check that out at uh, on Teespring. That link will also be available down in the show description. And one also huge shout out that I like to give on every show just because it's one of the coolest uh, cryptid merch stores that I've personally seen. And it's not so much a sponsor. We've uh, we've teamed up. So there's going to be a lot of collabs, um, just a lot of really cool stuff. So if you haven't checked out Crypto Theology, do yourself a favor. Come and check that shit out. Definitely pretty sweet. Uh, I put everything, all of these links I've, I've talked about, everything that I've mentioned, all in one place. Try to make it quick and easy. So if you want any of those things, go down to the show description and there'll be a link tree link. It'll be L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash increase of our reality podcast. And you can kind of just go full circle, check all that stuff out, share it around, you know, do 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 what you guys do, you know, because any, any help for the show, always appreciated. And now that that's out of the way, because again, I try to make it a little bit more personal, you know, instead of just doing that little call tag thing I was doing, got to switch it up, you know, make it so you guys actually want to listen and hear my feed on everything. <laughs> so it's going to be in the beginning of the show. So unfortunately, either you can skip it, you can get used to it. Maybe I'll make some jokes along the way. It'll get worked out. This is only the second time I've done this little little spiel in the beginning, and it will definitely get way more interesting as I progress. But that being said, I know you guys don't want to hear me talk about this bullshit anymore. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Unfortunately, tonight I did have a guest cancel, but I was going to have a very special co-host today. So now the tables have turned, and rather than him being a co-host, he's going to be the guest on the show. So one of my personal favorite podcast brothers 
with the smoothest, smoothest, j- smooth jazz voice you've ever heard in your fucking life. I got Buffalo from False Reality Check. Welcome to the show again, man. Whoa, thank you, man. I, I went a little jazzy there just to add to that. <laughs> Sweaty balls for anybody. That's that's what that's what I'm told. I say perfectly is sweaty balls. So if you're an SNL fan, I'm not. It sucks now, but apparently I can do that voice well. <laughs> I feel like you could do any any really smooth voice very well, dude. I, I still haven't gotten to show you the clip. There's this uh, show called Astronomy Club that's on Netflix, and they do this. Uh, it's like Smooth Talker Awards, and there's like these oh, two two announcers, and they're like, "Oh yeah, no, for the perfect sound." That'll just make your ears bleed and orgasm. And then they'll start playing some weird sound effects. Like, you're that guy. Dude. You could totally run that award show. And you would win the award. Like, like fuck all the competitions. They just throw all that shit out. They'd be like, this guy. This guy who's the announcer, he gets all the awards. He's got the most smooth voice I've ever heard in my fucking life. <laughs> Yet he has that's a, good a weirdly thing. brutal name. I feel like a buffalo would fuck you up. Buffalo no, you got the mix, man. Because you got, you got the buffalo. <laughs> and then, yeah, you'll fuck you up, but you're really quiet in the process. That's true. Have you ever like seen a buffalo or been around them? I have not personally. I unfortunately have never really left much of Michigan besides going straight down. Haven't made it over to the West. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The first thing is they don't give a shit. That's me. That's usually me. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and if you get too close, they will fuck you up. But the thing with buffalo is why it was so easy to kill them all is once you shoot one, the other ones just look at that one and go, Huh. Oh, well. And they just keep eating. Did he just fall over? Is he okay? Looks uh, like he's sleeping. I, I don't know, man. I'm kind of hungry. I don't, I don't, he's, he's fine. He'll he, be good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's probably because they're so damn big. They're just like, fuck it. That one fell over. If any predator comes, they already got the meal. We can essentially just stand here and finish what we're doing because they're, they're going to be eating that shit for a while. <laughs> they for sure do that. They just let them like, the wolves will just, they'll do their thing and then just like, they're out. <laughs> the buffaloes are just chilling they're watching the wolves just grazing <laughs> before we get into too crazy of conversation because i already know that you know when, when you put you and i together it goes off the rails there's a lot of dying laughing you know we, we get into some fun stuff for sure <laughs> for anybody for sure. that hasn't blessed their ears by listening to your smooth ass voice <laughs> where where exactly would they come and find you what do you do where's your show like give them the rundown on everything that you do man so they can come and find you know who you are if they don't already know for sure um well thank you for having me on as a co-host now guest i'm i'm appreciative for the invite i appreciate that um because just i love talking to you man well we talk all the time so you know but i host a show called false reality check with my wife um we go by our nicknames buffalo and legs i'm sure if you listen to the show or if you listen to shane you'll have heard my actual name which is totally fine you can call me that name too i don't give a shit but uh you know, we just, we, we started in California as like two corporate slaves. And now we live in Idaho in a single wide trailer on a quarter acre on my grandpa's land. That's actually more than that. It's like acres and acres, but my aunt is the one who owns it. And I just, I have use of it. So that's pretty cool. We changed our lifestyle. Um, we're, we're business owners now and we work, we're blue collar workers. So we just like, I totally dropped the white collar, you know, desk vibe answering calls, going to meetings that should be fucking emails. And then now I'm just, you know, I, I just help people in the community mostly. And 
people really like us here. My name is big here. Uh, my real name, obviously, because my family comes from this area, but we've just been on this journey and trying to meet people on our show and get to know them. And anybody that we're really interested in talking to, we try to reach out or they reach out to us and we just have that conversation because that's the only way you're going to kind of get to know people really is have a good conversation. And sometimes we do, you know, single episodes with just us two, you know, catching up or trying to figure something out. And I, for some reason, I have no idea, but people like it, but that's really cool. I, I appreciate it. So if you want to find us, we are on Twitter and Instagram at FRC pod. Uh, you can find us on all po- podcast platforms at false reality check and you can email us at frcpodcast at protonmail.com. We just like getting feedback from people or just hearing funny stories. But my favorite thing is getting the funny stories from people or hearing something that's like, all right, now I know I got to keep podcasting because it, it is making a difference to some people. You can also see us on Telegram. We're pretty active on our Telegram channel, t.me slash check. So those are all the places you can check us out. No, I don't think I've ever actually asked you where where did you get the name Buffalo and Likes from? What was the reasoning for that? Oh man, <laughs> drugs were obviously in rams the legs like a buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Demonic drugs, the good drugs. <laughs> I mean, the only the only good kind, the psychedelic, the mushrooms. Um, apparently, I don't shut the fuck up when we trip, and we were out hiking, and she, you know, we were we were both hiking. She told me, she's like, you fucking ramble. You're a rambler. And then I don't know how Buffalo got worked in there, but I know that Buffalo is like a, that's my animal. Like I'm connected to that animal. I have things with Buffalo on it. I have things with Buffalo hide. Um, I'm trying to get a hold of like a Buffalo horn, like legitimately, but um, I don't want to go out and like kill a Buffalo for that. So I guess I got to get it from like somebody that wants to give me some. So, but that's just my thing for her name, legs. We again, hiking, Again, mushrooms were involved and she was wearing shorts (laughs) and, you know, she, she, she's more athletic than I am. I'll just say that she can go way ahead of me. And I was just staring at her, you know, her ass and her legs. And then I, I (laughs) I was going to say, you better fucking admit it. (laughs) I, well, I was obviously, you know, we're married. So I was, I was looking and I was like, I was appreciating what I saw. And I was like, damn, look at them legs. I just said it like that. And she's. It stuck. So we were going to go like she was going to be Mrs. Rambler and she started that way. But the feedback we heard from people that listen to the show was like, nah, fuck it. She's legs. That's that's the name. So we kept it. And that's just our names. Dude, it's one of those things that just flows and weirdly goes together. But I got to ask, have you gotten like confirmation that a buffalo is like your spirit animal? Because that'd be pretty sweet if you've gotten confirmation of it, too. I haven't. I, uh, I recently got a different kind of spiritual com- confirmation. Um, I haven't gotten that, but I haven't had the chance to be around enough wild buffalo that I feel that I would get that confirmation. I have been around some wild bu- buffalo, like in Yellowstone. We don't live too, we live like two hours from Yellowstone, so we're not that far away. But it's just the buffalo animal as a theme in my life has reoccurred either through art, through clothing, through some kind of reference in a book that I'm reading. Um, I mean, one of my favorite books is um, it's in Spanish. It's El Buffalo del Noche or something like that. It's like the night Buffalo um, is the English translation written by the guy who, I don't know. He was one of, he's like a famous Mexican director, actually a film director. And um, I feel like um, that's just an animal that's been around for me for a while. So I don't know. I just, 
I actually don't even know how that stuck as my name because I was supposed to just be Rambler and then that came in and now I've just been going by Buffalo because it just feels right. You know how some people, like, not even in a rude way, but, <clears throat> like, they'll take on, like, an animal in a sense. Like, you've kind of taken on Buffalo and it's almost like they share, like, characteristics of it. Like, I could definitely see, like, a caricature of you as a Buffalo. Like, you just, you have, like, like the face for it. Like, I don't know how, how to explain it without sounding like I'm trying to be rude because I'm not at all. Like I could definitely like see it, the beard and everything. Like you know, you kind of, you kind of get. I could see you like caricature as a buffalo man. I I would be down if somebody could do like I I can't draw for shit. But if like, hey, I'm gonna shout out like uh, that dude bags draws because he draws like a awesome dude. You want to draw me as a character of a buff buffalo? Please, I would love to see that. But anybody else out there too, like draw me as a character of a buffalo. I totally, I might get that tattooed on me. I have no tattoos. I need to get a tattoo. I've been wanting to get a tattoo. I have none. I've promised my wife that the next anniversary we have on a Friday the 13th, because we got married October 13th on a Friday the 13th. Um, and we chose that purposefully because uh, one, nobody books places that day. And two, uh, that's 13 is just a reoccurring number. But anybody who wants to draw something like that for me, please put it out there. I will, I will accept any art. I will accept any kind of thing like that that comes my way. Hey man, I may have somebody I can refer to you after the show, actually, and some other some other stuff. We we're talking about a pre-show, but uh, yeah, there might be some interesting stuff in the works, and that may also be incorporated with that. But just, just out of curiosity, just because like I know what my spirit animal is, I don't know if I've, if I've told you before, but do you know what mine is? You didn't tell me this. I swear I did. I thought I did. I don't think you did. Hmm. I may have when I was talking to you about ideas for other things in the works. Oh shit. <clears throat> you did. <laughs> but I forgot. <laughs> I might have been high. <laughs> See, I told you. I told you. I'm a little high right now. Aren't we always though? <laughs> I'm a little high, but it's okay. <laughs> I mean, how else do we do this? M mild edible, just well, a little bit. You gotta be at that that good level. Yeah, good level. You don't want to be too blasted. Otherwise, you'd just be staring at the camera like, do I talk now? <laughs> For sure. Going, sweaty balls. Sweaty balls. Sweaty balls. <laughs> so, just because I've been fascinated by this concept lately, and I don't know, I kind of like digging into it state by state. Since you've been in Idaho... What's what's like your cryptids for Idaho? What's like what's like the legendary ones that everybody in Idaho knows? The obvious is Sasquatch. That's that's the one we have. I actually have a Sasquatch story. It didn't happen to me, but it happened to my family um long ago when I was probably a twinkle in my father's eye. I would love to hear the story. And I know that um, you did also say that you had some other encounters that we were talking about a couple days ago. And hey, man, this might be the perfect place to do it. I would definitely love to get in all these encounters and, you know, spark my interest, bro. Because every single time we end up doing a show, it always kind of has more of that, like, uh, that campfire hangout feel where we just kind of end up telling stories back and forth. And I mean, people dug it last time, so let's just run it this time, man. For sure. Well, the Sasquatch story, um, this is how it was told to me. Um, where I live right now is quarter acre single wide trailer. Um, we have, you know, chickens and there's a bunch of like old farm equipment 
around the property that was my grandfather's at some point, but there's this old mining cart, um, that literally just sits out there, gets covered in snow during the winter. And I didn't think anything of it until a little while ago, actually, my dad told me that how he got that cart was there is also an old Dodge International that they don't use anymore, but um, it's broke down. It looks like shit. They drove it out into the hills or the mountains here. We're, we're, we're already in the mountains. It's 6,000 foot elevation where my home is. So we're just, we're already high up. Um, but we do hear stories about Sasquatch and he had happened to drive this truck out. It was him. It was my uncle, his brother, and my mom. This was before they ever got any kids. This was just when they were newly married out here, just trying to figure out how to figure shit out. Just like, you know, my wife and I are now. They went out in the hills. They had heard this abandoned mine that, you know, there were old mine carts. If you could pick one up and take one out, it's yours because that's basically how shit works here. If it's like open, open land and there's something there, <laughs> you can take it. You know, it's just, you just got to make sure it's not private property. If it's like public finders land, keepers. Yeah. It's finders keepers. It's like fucking wild out here. Like we're still a little bit wild west. It's pretty <laughs> nice, but he ended up going, they went up there. They had this cart. They found it in this mine shaft. They took it out. All three of them. It took them. It's, it's fucking heavy. I don't even know how they did it. Cause I can't even move it. And they took them a while, started getting late. They got in the, uh, <laughs> they got in the truck, they put everything in there and, um, they sat down and my uncle tells my dad, Hey, did you hear that? So-and-so saw a Sasquatch, like just, you know, a couple clicks from here. And they're like, they both look at him cause he's sitting in the middle and they're like, what the fuck did you just say? Like, are you fucking serious right now? And then all of a sudden they hear like, a branch, like a big fucking branch, just break. And they were like, fuck. And they started cranking the key. Didn't start. Didn't start. My mom was like yelling at my dad. My uncle's just sitting there laughing his ass off. He's like, it's probably just an end like a bear. It's fine. Not a big deal. And they're like fucking screaming at him. Fuck you. Let's go. Let's go. Then all of a sudden it started and they fucking bolt. It got to the point where I think they, they sped away so fast. The mine cart like came back into the back window and shattered the back window. It's still shattered out here in the yard. And, but we have the mine cart and we have the story. So that's, they never saw anything. They just heard something and that was enough to freak them the fuck out. Oh yeah, dude. That's all it, all it takes sometimes though. And, uh, I don't know if it's one of those things that like, you believe in Sasquatch, so you just associate it with that, or you just take a sound and you 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 know assume that it's a Sasquatch. But either way, dude, like just imagine being in the woods and you just hear some random animal that you can't quite like figure out exactly what the noise is, <laughs> and you know you're just freaking out, man. You're just your your brain your brain's just bouncing back and forth trying to figure out and trying to rationalize what the hell you're hearing or seeing, dude. Yeah. Speaking about cryptids, there's this video that I recently found. That well, it's not even a video; it's an OnStar recording. I uh, recently talked about it on America's Scaryland, and actually, I haven't actually introduced the concepts that I've been connecting when I found this. So, I guess I'll just I'll I'll get into that stuff on this show too because I haven't actually had a chance to do it on my own shows. So, I'm digging into Dogman, and I'm trying to. I, I was supposed to do a show with America's Scaryland. I ended up going on there. If anybody hasn't checked that show out, definitely worth going and checking out. Um, but they pretty much said that they want to do a show connecting the beast of Bray road to the Michigan dog, man. So I came into this doing all of this, uh, background research 
and then realized that they had a little bit of a different idea in mind than me. But, you know, it, it ended up, you know, creating a new rabbit hole for me to look down. So in the process of that, I found uh, this video. Well, I guess it's not a video, but it's an on-star recording of somebody supposedly encountering a dog man. Now, the weird part about it is, <clears throat> I will admit before we go into it, that the on-star person does sound a little, uh, I don't want to say scripted, but... In general, I feel like OnStar, most of the calls that I have listened to, they sound pretty like scripted because it's just some, you know, they have they have a list of questions they're supposed to ask when they ha- they have like an OnStar call. So honestly, like it is scripted even in the most literal sense possible. But when I try to look up OnStar Dogman, I end up finding these uh <clears throat> basically they're they're saying that they're fun Halloween uh prank OnStar calls of people getting attacked by werewolves, right? But I couldn't find this one particular call in it. So my theory is that if this is theoretically a real dogman attack, that GM made all these fake werewolf attacks, as they call them, to try to dilute it out and make it harder to find the original clip of it. And the other funny thing is we all know how when they're trying to cover something up randomly, there'll be a band called that, you know, like Foo Fighters, prime example right there. You look up Foo Fighters, you find the band now, not like literal conspiracy Foo Fighters. So I found a band called Dogman or OnStar Dogman. So I thought that was hilarious. But uh, <clears throat> before we get too far into all my Dogman theories, I want to play this clip and I want your opinion on it because I don't know. It just it, it has it has component. I'll, I'll just I'll just play it. I, I, there's there's no better way of showing it than than to just show it and let you guys listen to it. So let's uh, let's flick on the screen share here. Uh, share system audio and share. You don't know what Dogman is. It's, oh my God. It's, okay, so imagine, I mean, it's it's just kind of like Sasquatch in the aspect of like everybody has different ideas on like what it could be. It could be something spiritual. It could be something physical. It could be whatever. Um, for me, at least when I fall into most cryptids, I kind of go into more of like the physical realm aspect. So that being said, imagine a werewolf, but, I don't perceive them as being able to turn back into human. It's just like like a like a Sasquatch style fucking dog man type creature. Um, I'll have to show you a picture after the show, but just just imagine something that's like Sasquatch but dog like, like a giant werewolf attacking somebody. And uh, I'll play this clip so everybody everybody can share this and hear it on the show. where it gets crazy. It's a little uh, clearing in the middle. Okay, the state police should be on their way in a few minutes. Is everyone still okay? Yeah, I think we're okay. What ran in front of you? A deer? I, I don't know what the hell it was, but it was big. It looked like a great big dog standing up. Was it a bear, maybe? 
What the fuck? Yeah, dude, right? So, like, just your opinion, dude. Like, hearing that, do you think that's staged or do you think it's real? Uh, I mean, I've heard other OnStar calls. I've heard other OnStar calls. Yeah, I agree with you. They are scripted. They sound... The OnStar person always sounds just like that. So that's not... That's not weird. I'm not going to lie. Does... It does. I always have a, like a skeptical side where I'm like, ah, is it fake? Because it's on the internet and a lot of things on the internet are just fake. But that kind of, I'm not going to lie, it sounds, sounds pretty scary. If I was listening to that uh, like at night by myself, uh, that might that might give me the chills a bit. Dude, that was one of those things that I heard it and I just like got chills from it. So it's like one of those things that you can kind of like judge your instinct in a sense, at least for me, that I, I, you know, I'm going to dig into anything and look at it from like a rational standpoint and like you know, try to try to rationalize it in general. But again, when I tried to look into more about this, all I found was just these GM, like fun werewolf attack phone calls. And they all happened supposedly after this date. Cause this was supposed to be in 2006 in Troy, Michigan, that this happened. And all those OnStar recalls, I think they were like 2010, 2012. So it was like a couple of years after when this was probably already circulating on the internet a bit. So from what I've kind of dug into, it seems like there's a lot of violent dogman encounters, but they seem to get covered up more often than not. And almost every story that I've heard about somebody encountering a dogman having a violent encounter, um, they had been threatened by different authorities to basically keep their fucking mouth shut. So that's kind of where it brings in all the weird question of it is, you know, is it something that the government knows about that's possibly a physical creature, like like an animal, like... Or is it something that was like a like a science experiment gone wrong, so to speak, where they try to mix like a man with like a dog or a wolf or something? Um, could it even go back farther than that? Because one thing that I've been kind of digging into is like like the Native American ties with things. <clears throat> that rather than looking at a lot of cryptids as being different things, we should start looking at them more of like subcategories of things. <clears throat> so that being said, this could either fall into you got like the skinwalkers, which were like the shamans who did bad certain bad things in order to be able to become a skinwalker. You have like the Wendigo, which was somebody that was kind of like forced into it because of cannibalism. Um, and then the other part of it that I was digging into is these people called uh, the Dogman Warriors, which essentially were Native American warriors that connected with dogs. And they would supposedly go out <clears throat> and like basically run with the pack, you know, become one with the dogs. And part of the legend was that doing this, they adapted the ability to essentially like become dog men. So going into like the spiritual aspect of it, like that's one possibility I've kind of dug into. Um, and then I don't know, going into like the more literal sense, I guess if I had to lay with something is I, I would guess more of like a, like a physical creature, but you not knowing anything about dog man going into this. I don't even, I don't even know like what information to give you for, to be able to, for <laughs> you to kind of rationalize the decision in your head to decide what you may think it could possibly be. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. The The Native American story about the warriors, I've heard that before, but did not connect it to this. So that's pretty interesting. I'm not going to lie. I think I kind of lean towards that if we're looking at Dogman like some sort of historical figure that maybe there are encounters of this Dogman, obviously before OnStar was even a thing recording attacks like this. Um, but... The other thing is, are there any kind of um, military bases near military bases or medical facilities 
near like Troy, Michigan, where this call particularly took place, because there's always the theory that something has escaped. And if authorities are threatening people, I'm kind of wondering what authorities you're talking about exactly, like like men in black type authorities, or are we talking like NSA, we're talking about CIA? What are we what are we talking military kind of people? Because that would lean towards something that was like an experiment that got out. That's or that could totally be a smokescreen. And they know that there is a historical cryptid that they cannot control. And this is their method of covering it up. I mean, <clears throat> that's kind of where I fall into, is it I don't I don't really get into the uh like experiment category of it because it seems to always kind of be near uh Huron Manistee National National Forest in Michigan. But going into the Dogman legend as far as Michigan goes, there's where it's over on the uh, uh, best way to describe it is like more northwest side of the state, um, where they're seen every ten years, ending with seven. But when I start digging into it more, uh, on the other side of that national forest, kind of up near the top of Michigan, uh, there's an area and a campsite that's called a uh, Clear Creek. So it seems like more of the uh, aggressive dogman encounters seem to come from this specific area. Now, digging even farther, you got the Beast of Bray Road, which also falls into the dogman category. And that's in Wisconsin, right? So, me starting to connect dots, and this is the theory I started getting into when I started going into the rabbit hole, is that basically if you drop a pin on where the dogman encounters are every 10 years, it's almost in the center of where this other campground is, where there's a lot of the aggressive encounters, and the Beast of Bray Road. So when I start digging even more into uh, like wondering if there's some like type of migration pattern, because I mean, it's, it's, it's probable. I mean, something could theoretically swim across the lake. People have done it before. It's not unheard of. And if there's a beast that's stronger than a human, like they could fly across this lake. Like I think it was, it was like uh 90 miles or something like that in like the, the more thin points. But that's kind of a theory that I semi kind of threw out the window. Cause when I started looking into more of like the dogman encounters on a map, it almost seems like uh, they go down and around Lake Michigan and go kind of back up towards that area where there's the every 10-year thing. So, again, connecting dots, uh, people have already kind of followed like the migration pattern of Sasquatch and figure out that they follow like salmon and different things at different times of year. But it's more of like a, like a yearly migration. So it's you know intended around food. So what would there be that's a 10-year migration where both of these things seem to possibly meet up in the middle? I started wondering if it's a breeding thing, a breeding ground that they come here every 10 years because that 10 year period would be a good point where you can almost like kick the young ones out of the nest and go start up a new one, you know? And it would explain why there's a lot more of the aggravated encounters also around that area every 10 years is because there's a lot of things where it's like, they'll be on the side of the road. Somebody drives by and then they get up and start chasing a car. That's usually, you know, the start off on fours end up on two. So I was wondering, if that's supposed to be some type of mating ritual, that if it is some type of physical creature, it isn't like that's a car with a human inside of it. It just thinks that there's these big ass creatures probably that come flying down the road. So it's a way of showing like how tough it is. It's like, look at me. I just chased off this giant creature and that's how they get a female. And that might be why there's a lot of these like chases every 10 years. So again, me going onto that show and trying to connect these two, I started connecting the spot in the middle every 10 years and I, I'm still building on this theory, think that it may theoretically be a breeding ground. And that's why it's every 10 years ending in seven, weirdly enough. That's, that's interesting. I, I see a lot of, uh, 
breeding of animals. I'm uh, we raise animals here on the homestead, and then we see a lot of um, the hunt just happened right now. It just passed uh, for like deer, and I see, I see how the deer, I see how the elk act and i see how moose act moose are incredibly aggressive um they actually came down to town stomped a dog to death broke through a vinyl fence and destroyed portions of our apple trees that we have here with their with their antlers it it was literally just a a female moose and her calf and that's it they actually had to tranquilize it because they ended up at the school down in the little town that I live in and it wasn't going where it fired like a couple shots in the air. wasn't going anywhere. So they tranked it and they took it out of town back into the Hills and dropped it off over there. Animals, when it comes to breeding, get particularly aggressive. That is literally the time of year that you see deer that were in the same family, two bucks that like one's the father, one's the son. You'll see them just go hammer at it. Just antlers straight up elk, the same thing. And I think that, there, you know, like when, when it's time to, when it's time to fuck, basically like your, your mind's not there. So you're, you're hammering at each other. You're violent. You're aggressive. Exactly. And so I've literally seen those same deer that are family members sit like in my yard with each other and like eat grass and apples that fall from the tree and perfectly fine and not aggressive. But for two weeks out of the year, the rut, they hate each other. See, and then that kind of, like, the Beast of Bray Road, like, there's a lot of encounters of it, but you don't hear a lot of, like, bloody, violent encounters. But you hear a lot about that from, like, dogman encounters in Michigan. So I'm also kind of curious if it's almost like a... It's still, like, intermixed, but maybe, like, two different, like, subbreeds of theoretical dogmen. Kind of like how they talk about with even Sasquatch. There's, like, the more aggressive ones, then there's the ones that aren't as aggressive, but I mean, at least for that one, it seems to be that the more aggressive ones are like young males kind of trying to find their place in the world kind of a thing, you know? So they're trying to figure out what they can and can't get away with. So I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out what the, why it seems that there's, it's the 10 years thing. I already kind of got that one figured out, but why are they still aggressive up near this, uh, this other campground area, um, clear Lake or clear, whatever the hell I said it was. I got it written down. I gotta, I gotta double check. I don't want to give everybody wrong names on this one. Uh, Clear Creek. That's it. Could it. Be, Clear Creek. Creek. It could be a food source. Did you consider a food source? Actually, it seems that a lot of people that stay at this campground that's at that location, uh, there's a lot of violent encounters of people going missing on hikes, just things like that. Just shit that they try to brush off and pretend like, you know, oh, it was an animal. It was this. It was that um, around that area. So, I mean, possibly. Maybe they're using the, the campers as a food source, you know? And that's, that's what I was going to say. Uh, just from being around, going out in the mountains and checking animals out. If you come across an area that they know is for them, it's their food source. Uh, and this even happens with um, people that like graze their cattle, like free range cattle out, out like in the mountains. If they know of a certain like area of grass that they like that area, they'll become a little aggressive. Usually cows are, are, but they will guard that and other wild animals do the same thing. I mean, even looking at, like, the animals that they're linked to in general, like, if we had to say that, theoretically, like, a Sasquatch came from one animal and a Dogman came from the other, uh, you have that human DNA, but we'll, we'll get into my other theories on that one in a second, too, but uh, mixed with, like, a theoretical primate DNA. So, like, primates in general, like, they can be aggressive, of course, just like anything, but they're, they're not 
as aggressive as, say, if you walked up on a pack of wolves, for example, you know? Like, if you walk up on a pack of, like, wild dogs, their, you know, their animal instinct is to show that they have no fear, you know? Even if they don't have the full intention of ta- attacking you, like, they're not, they're not going to back down unless they feel a need to, where, like, an ape will probably just try to avoid you in general, you know? So, I mean, just going off of the characteristics of just the animals that they seem to mimic, like, appearance-wise, I mean, it, it kind of fits fits how those animals are to begin with, you know? Especially if you're, like, a giant apex predator. You know, when you're talking about, like, a wolf with people, you know, they're, they're going to back down because they know that we're bigger than them, but they're going to try to show, like, how tough they are before they do that. But if you have a dog that's bigger than you, then it has no reason to back down because it knows it can fuck you up. <laughs> oh, 100%. Can I... So, the weird sink that you're bringing this dog man up and I've literally never heard of this. My aunt lived right next door to me. This is my grandfather's land, right? Every, everything around here is like family. Everybody knows each other. There's the one dog down the corner that always hops its fence. Cause it's a little like a three and a half, four foot fence. And it always comes after my dog, but because I'm there and I'm big, I, well to him, I'm big. I tell, you know, I say, stop, go back. And he, he does like, he'll listen to me, but my aunt, she's older she's a little bit more frail obviously than i am and she was out for a walk with my uncle coming just in front of that house and usually that dog will hop the fence and do absolutely nothing just a day like a day and a half ago my aunt got bit by this dog straight up jumped out it was super aggressive for some reason and went straight past my uncle right at her grabbed a piece of her calf and punctured literally into her calf yeah. And I'm like, she's okay. She has some bruising and there's the two puncture holes, but she's got, you know, she went to the doctor. She's all, she's good now, but it's so funny that you brought this up. It's like how aggressive dogs can be. And that's that characteristic. I literally just experienced that with, with my family member, like not even like a day, full a day ago. Dude, they sense you. They know what they can and can't take on. So again, just like a perfect example, imagine a dog that knows that it can take you down. Like it has no reason to back down. So why would it? It's just going to come at you because it's like, fuck you, you're meat. <laughs> and assumably, exactly. You know, and they will dogs, pick on the weakest sometimes. Exactly. And like, again, looking at the animal characteristics of both, um, if theoretically Sasquatch is a descendant of like an ape, apes are known to eat a lot more vegetation, things like that. Um, where almost, dog species are all carnivorous species. So of course they're going to need some type of food source and assumably they're pretty, pretty quick. You know, I'm sure they can catch deer or whatever, but you know, humans are kind of dumb and slow and you might get a lot of meat out of one, you know, just some random camper chilling, not paying attention, <laughs> easy pickings, you know, it's all about little, that ambush little fat kid. shit. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you ain't got to be the fastest runner, but don't be the slowest. <laughs> But the other problem is exactly that's why in the zombie apocalypse you just got to push the other guy to the floor and let it, let <laughs> him get eaten and then you run your ass away. The question is though, the dog man, how fast would he consume that meal? Where you'd have to worry about it finishing off one and coming after the other because I feel like it could tear into a kid pretty damn quick. <laughs> I'm more already worried about where he's going to start eating. Is he going for my neck or is he going for my, you know? I mean, I'm assuming that they're probably going to be chasing you, so they're probably going to be jumping from the back. So if I had to assume, I think they're going for the back of the neck. I feel like that'd be the, that'd be the grabbing spot because it seems like most dogs they go for most dog breeds, wolves, whatever. They always seem to go for the throat and for the neck. And if they can't get the neck, they always go from the top of the head. So I feel like their spot would probably be like the back of the neck. They're chasing you. 
that makes sense. I, uh, I definitely would prefer they go for my neck because I don't want the other one started on. Yeah. You know, just break my neck, put me out of misery first, you know? It's one of those things where you have one bullet and you're trying to decide whether or not you try to attempt to shoot it and piss it off more, or you just take one for yourself. <laughs> you never know. You might have to <laughs> just fuck it. <laughs> dude, fucking dog matter, fucking horrifying, dude. That's like one thing. Like, I'm into cryptids, don't get me wrong. Like, it's the one for my state. So, I mean, there's some Sasquatch stuff here, but it's like, I don't know, man. It's like, the one for my state that I would actually have a chance of going and trying to investigate. Like, I don't think I'd want to encounter one, but at the same time, my curiosity is what's going to end up killing me. <laughs> you know what? We, I totally forgot besides Sasquatch, we actually have a local cryptid here that I completely forgot to, it's like flew over my head. I can't believe I forgot. I live near a lake. It's like a huge, like it's 26 square miles Half of it's in Utah, half of it's in Idaho. And the cryptid that we have here is in the lake. And it's called the Bear Lake Monster. And there's been a number of drownings. Every year there seems to be a, a drowning that occurs in the lake. Or someone freezes to death or someone's boat doesn't come back, you know, when it leaves the marina. So there could be something to that. I know when I was in the water when I was younger... I felt things like brush against my leg, but I always thought it was a fish and I didn't give anything, you know, I didn't think about it, but it could really, maybe there's something there. I don't know. What's uh? what other details do you have? Like what, what's it look like? What's the appearance of this thing? Like, do you know any like specific like encounters where it became like popularized in your area by chance? The two, the two instances of what it looks like. So there's two different concepts. One is it's more of a, eel-like fish um possibly with side like dorsal fins and maybe like a, a fin on the back but there that's like that comes and goes it's always like drawn differently the other one is a more like a lock nest like a nessie type configuration um i kind of don't give credence to that because why would it why would it look like that um i'm not even sure i fucking believe in like dinosaurs existed so i don't even know if it would look like that i think it would look more like a fish here because sometimes we do get kind of long, weird looking fish. Um, there's some weird, weird fishing patterns that occur in our lake. So I'm leaning more towards like a fish kind of eel like thing. And because the lake is so deep, eel really like depth and they like cold and the lake does get cold. I will say that on like average, even in the summer, I think the highest the lake temperature gets is maybe 58 maybe it's really cold it's not it's not warm by any stretch and it doesn't matter if it's the hottest day you can go there and you'll be freezing in a minute um but i feel like it would have to be a fish i've only ever seen it drawn there's a local museum i'll have to take a picture when it opens it only opens from like memorial day to labor day but next time i go in um before next season they, they let my wife and i in just because we we know all the volunteers that live right next to it. <laughs> so I'll go take a picture of it and I'll send it to you. But the drawing that they have is more like fish-like rather than the Nessie thing. The Nessie thing I've only ever seen instituted in cartoon-like drawings. But this was more like a, a drawing you would see in like a like Darwin's book or something. I mean, as far as lake monsters go, I feel like there's a lot of validity to them because if you're searching the woods versus searching a lake, I feel like it's way harder to try to find something in a lake. Because even if you're using like some type of sonar, 
like something could be just be sitting on the bottom. It could be fucking huge and you wouldn't even necessarily see it unless it's trying to move. There's little caverns it could be hiding in, in the water. There's a lot that goes into that. And uh, going on to the whole Nessie concept, um, shout out to Justin from Cryptids of the Corn because he was the one that kind of introduced me to this concept. I don't know if he was the one that thought of it or, you know, somebody else that he was researching, but I still find it fascinating. Uh, talking about giant salamanders, that there's one on every continent, but there wasn't one. There was one that should theoretically exist in Europe, but there wasn't. So his connection or whoever that he was reading it from was saying that what if the Loch Ness Monster is that theoretical giant salamander that's supposed to exist there? And like how I was kind of rationalizing in my mind is that that thing that you see with the tail or with the, with the neck isn't actually the tail or the neck. It's, it's the tail of a salamander as it's starting to dive down in the water. And as far as salamanders go... Like they don't need to eat a lot; they just kind of sit and chill. So it could be there could be fucking hundreds of these things sitting on the bottom of the water, and that lake is so big and muck, like mucky, you can't see through it. Like you, you'd never know the difference. And I mean, the other aspect that kind of goes into it too is that, uh, you know, say that there was some type of place that it breeded specifically where there is a lot of that with salamanders. Um, if for whatever reason that area was blocked off at a specific time, um, you know, it was just in this lake. I mean, it could could have been died out by now. I mean, it could still be around, but you know, maybe it's uh, it's ca- kind of like trapped in the lake, can't get to like the breeding area, so it wasn't able to just like expand. But there's a lot of uh, really weird firsthand encounters when it comes to uh, the Loch Ness monster, such as you know, it each was eating sheep. People were offering sheep to it. Sheep don't move very fast. Would be pretty damn easy for a salamander to catch, especially a giant salamander. Um, I don't know, like as far as me rationalizing it in my mind, if I had to guess, put money on anything, like honestly, if out of all the theories I've heard, I think the Loch Ness Monster could possibly be a giant salamander. And see, our monster could also be a giant salamander as well. We have a lot of cave systems around here that lead into different corridors of the mountains um, in our range. Um, the range, the forest range we have is the Cache National Forest, and there's lots of caves. There's actually a cave down the way that my wife and I went and checked out uh, before they closed on Labor Day uh, or right after Labor Day. We went there because we'd never been and we'd seen the sign like, go check this cave out. It's 10 miles inland. And we went. It's pretty cool. They're, it literally, uh, they carved their way into the cave. It started with like a, a thing like the size of a manhole cover and then they carved their way in. It's like big enough that you can walk around in and all kinds of stuff. But there's a portion that they just stopped because they ran out of money. Like it was a government project. So obviously it wasn't organized. And then um, <laughs> if, you, if you go, you can still go in, but the only people who are allowed to go in are like professional, like cave diving people, I guess, or the tour guides that all are either like rock climbers or they're cave divers. And so I've heard the, we had the, like the manager, he was like the head tour guy. He was probably the best one that they had. And he told us like, yeah, I've been in there. And they're like, what, what have you seen? He's like, there, there's a lot of funky things. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you. If we turn the lights off in here, uh, within about a minute, like you all are going to freak the fuck out. And you're, you're basically going to start to see things. Um, and that's your brain playing tricks on you. Or it might be something in front of your face. And so everybody just got to chill. And he's like, so thanks for coming, guys. And then we, we went out. It was funny. That guy's hilarious. I had to send him a tip on Venmo. It was great. <laughs> Dude, but honestly, though, when you, as soon as you bring in the whole cave system concept, like, who knows how deep caves go? Who knows what areas have been blocked off for so long? Like, w- especially when you start getting into that deep stuff where you got to go through 
like a cavern that's full of water, scuba dive through part of it, go up into another area. Like that just opens up a whole other spectrum of like other theoretical cryptids, so to speak, of just animals that we don't know exist. They're just adapted and been chilling in this tunnel system for, I mean, shit, it could have been thousands of years and it's never seen anything other than what's been in the tunnel system. <laughs> oh my God. He, he told us about this animal that lives in that cave. I mean, I guess it lives in other caves, but it's called a pack rat. I thought pack rat meant like a person that just never gets rid of shit. And, um, I, it's not, it's actually a rat that lives there. I'm not sure if it's a, like a mammal or marsupial, whatever, whatever the classification is, but it will literally jack shit from people. Like, I'm not kidding. Like what it'll, it makes nests. It makes hidden nests in the, in the rock, you know, wherever it's not disturbed, but it will, if they leave like tools out, like he's left like a wrench out and he literally like came back a few minutes later and it was gone. And then they found it eventually in one of its nests. So like it'll literally, and then he went back to the spot where the tool was and there was like a stick. Like what they do is they trade out shit. I'm not even kidding. Like this, we were like, what are you fucking kidding? Like, are you kidding me? This, are you fucking serious? And then we started to notice the smell in the cave and it kind of smelled like skunk or like really awesome weed. And, and the guy's like, no, I know what you, I know what you're thinking that, we're, we're a bunch of potheads in here. What you're smelling right now is actually the pack rats. That and we smoke weed. Cave. <laughs> yeah. And I was, it's funny because like I was high. So I was like, well, it could be me. But he went in, he went and said that. So I was like, all right, I'm good. You, you don't think it's me then. <laughs> Just be looking around. That's how he tricks everybody and knows who's been smoking on the tour with every time it gets dark. <laughs> it gets dark. He pops over. He's like... <sighs> That's what's really happening. The fucking pack rat. It smells like weed. It's not me. <laughs> I swear. I swear it's not me. If you see a little uh, ember, uh, it looks like an ember. It's like this little glowing thing. It's actually once in a while, like certain light in the cave will like catch its eye and it'll reflect this orange color and it'll just disappear. And as you hear this noise, like the eyes will get brighter. That's actually it trying to tell you not to fuck with it. <laughs> Just this whole elaborate story. <laughs> so you can smoke in the fucking caves because it doesn't air out. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about, like, oh, yeah, that's why I did, that's why it smells because they're still there, like, toping it up in there and it can't air out because it's like there's only one entrance and one exit, you know? And it's like, oh, he probably just, like, stinks it up in here. And he says, no, this pack rat thing. And I looked it up. I was like, oh, shit, pack rats are a real thing. That's fucking weird. You can totally play it off, though. I mean, I, I, I should know, sure as fuck, I would. If I was giving cave tours, bro. In between each tour, I'd need a special little break from myself. <laughs> oh, for sure. And I'm sure. And I saw like when we got out, they were all like sitting in this open break room area. And you could tell like, I was like, hey, man, good tour. And he's like, yeah. He was like, I was, I was like, oh, you're tired of doing this shit. <laughs> Thanks. I've done it. I've done 30 today. <laughs> I'm on autopilot, bro. Like, where am I? What fucking day is it? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like he, ner he nerded out a bit. Cause he's like a geology major at some local university up in like, I don't know, wherever. And he was nerding out on like all the rocks and shit. And I was just like, tell me like what the fuck's in this cave? Like, how did this get here? Like what government official put this into the works and what were they trying to hide? You know, I'm always like trying to figure <laughs> out the conspiracy behind it. Were there random items left in a specific cave that almost seemed like it was trying to keep something back? 
Dude, I would have honestly asked my first question would be, what's the craziest fucking thing you've seen in this cave? And, but you'd have to get him alone, though, because I feel like he would tell a different story with the group than he would ne- by himself. Oh, for sure. I would have to ask him. I'd have to maybe get him a little high and be like, hey, man, just be honest with me. What the fuck's going on in there? You know, like, what are you, what's some, going on? Give him some good old uh, MK Ultra truth serum. Hey, man, I, I got you this water because I know it gets really hot down in this cave. Um, <laughs> can you just take a little sip and, I, and then we can have a conversation in eh, about a half hour or so? <laughs> what do you need to know? <laughs> Remember that thing I told you about when it gets dark in here and you start seeing random things? I don't think that only applies when it's dark in here. <laughs> oh, my God. And he freaked us out, too, because there were on the tour, there's 888 steps. And he had to point out the 600. No, actually, he didn't point out. Let me let me let me hold that back. He did point out the fact that there's a 666 step. But he's like, I'm not going to tell you which step that is because everybody avoids it when I tell them not to do it. And I'm like, what the fuck do you want us to like? Not avoid this step for you, fucking Satanist. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> Do you, like, is this part of your not- ritual? <laughs> the cave ritual, bro. That's what it was the whole time. Is it was a government ploy to just lure people down there so they know what people they can push deeper in the cave, and then it becomes like a like a cabin in the woods type of concept where they got to do like so many rituals per year for everything just to be chill and cool. So they'll like weed people off in this cave and be like, "Oh fuck, where did Billy go when it got dark? <laughs> he just fucking disappeared." It's like fucking like one of those haunted houses with the spinning walls, except it's a fucking cave and you'll never see it. It's just this hidden rock thing where somebody just comes out and grabs you and it spins around, fucking Scooby Doo style. <laughs> oh shit! It's a it's like a sacrifice thing. It's like a fucking secret altar room and shit. <laughs> no, you're in that weird underground base that's in Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> They slide you past a cave and you're just going down this long, dark hallway with all these glass boxes with cryptids in it. <laughs> oh, my God. And there was this other portion of the cave that he straight up like he's like, this is called the devil's office. I was like, what? And they so they have lights everywhere to show you like the rocks, but all the lights are like white or like yellow, like regular color. But this light was red and it was this hole that you look down in. And he's like, if you look down in that hole you'll see it's lit by uh, a red light. But if you look down, you won't be able to see the bottom all the way. But if you were to drop a rock, it would take like, I don't know, he said like 30 seconds to a minute before we hit the floor because the floor is actually like hundreds of feet down. And we were like, why the fuck is it called the devil's office? And like, what's, what's fucking down there? Like he had all these like weird little things that he would say that everybody else is just like, Oh, that's interesting to me. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? What's he doing to us? Is this a okay? So I'm I'm assuming this was a natural cave system. It wasn't something that was like made by whatever organization was doing it, right? Yeah, it was. So it started as like it it was a hole in the rock, like the size of a manhole, and it, they literally chiseled it so that the opening would open up, and and that they just to get it to like the preemptive opening where people can start to walk in. That was where they chiseled. But once you get in, it was open. It was like a cave system within this like hilly rock formation and who knows how far down it goes and how deep it goes but i know that it takes a while to get up there and it's 10 miles inland from the main highway so there's definitely something there i just don't know what's there and i don't know how deep it goes see because my thing that i was connecting and wondering is that when it comes to a lot of these things when it comes to like ancient sites in america so to speak um 
they put the devil's whatever in front of it when it was actually like a Native American like spiritual site. So I was curious if this place was like a spiritual site and it was just one of those like white man renaming it things where it may have been something like, uh, I don't know, like some type of like wood spirits. Um, I don't know, like, like meeting room or wh- whatever the hell you want to call it. And then, you know, just like white man deciphering from it, like taking away that Native American thing. They just call it the devil's office, just like switching words over, you know? That's like the Devil's Tower over in Wyoming, which isn't too far from where we're at. That that wasn't called the Devil's Tower by the tribes that lived there. And I know like here, Shoshone were big. Like the Shoshone tribe was the biggest tribe. And actually the largest massacre occurred not too far from here. It's called the Bear River Massacre. If people want to check it out, it's really fucked up. Um, it was like a Mormon brigade and a U.S. Army brigade that basically just annihilated this this camp of Shoshone men, women, and children. And some of them survived and they got adopted out to like Mormon families and stuff. And it's, it's kind of fucked up, but this area here, particularly with the cave, from what I understand, no one was in the cave prior to them opening it up because they found no evidence of tools or uh, like clay pots or ceramics or any kind of cultural items. There was nothing. It was literally uh, uh, someone fell, found this hole. They, they started to chisel away at it. They got like a government grant and they just started digging away to see like how this cave system worked. And then when they ran out of money, it, it ended. So I think it was just white men naming white man shit. I don't think there were any tribal, uh, uh, anything to do with this cave. Cause this cave to me didn't exist to, to the tribes that were around here and it was named. So I, I'm, I'm going to give the name away. It's probably going to give away where the, where I am. I don't really give a shit. Come at me, but it's, it's called <laughs> Minnetonka. Minnetonka has nothing to do with this area. That's actually a tribe closer to you, man. Um, and so <laughs> That's what I was about to say, yeah, like for, for some reason they named that here, like how much of a fucking insult is that to the people <laughs> man here? <laughs> They're like, we're going to, we don't like the Shoshone name. We're just going to call it the Minnetonka because we like that name. And that has nothing to do with the nation that was here. And they, we do that shit all the time. Like Pocatello is a big city in this side of Idaho. Pocatello is named after chief Pocatello. Like, like they have a statue of them there and that was all native land. And now it's like, nope, it's ours. See, like if you believe in the spiritual stuff, uh, this is, it's still in the same category, but kind of switching topics a little bit. Um, like it almost makes you wonder if when the white man came in and started renaming stuff, if it was just a matter of that, like Christians trying to demonize everything else kind of concept. So they just start calling everything. The devil's this, the devil's that the devil's whatever. Or if you look into like the literal sense of like how these like native American nature spirits are like depicted where they have like antlers, different things like that. Like if you believe in the spiritual and maybe these people did see some of these, like, you know, wildlife spirits, especially if they were like white men infringing on the land where the spirits were just angry because they're fucking their shit up. Like I could totally see how a white man would perceive like a, like a nature spirit as like a demon, you know what I mean? Having like antlers and just not having that typical, like, Oh, like angelic, like come to me. Look, you know, like the very Christianized look. Yeah. Like I imagine almost any native American spirit as being more like, natural animalistic and you know coming from like a like a white man christian perspective 
you know, the whole animalistic mixed with human like, you know, instantly is grounds for being demonic. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and and shit here gets demonized like crazy. I'm in a very big Mormon area, obviously. So, full confession: I was born and raised Mormon and baptized Mormon, but I haven't been to church since I was like nine or ten. Um, and you know, everybody around here knows I don't go to church, but I don't want to stop them from going to church. Like that's if that's your thing, I want you to enjoy your thing. I don't want to tell anybody how to live their life. Like I don't really care. I barely know how to live mine. So <laughs> you and me both. Yeah, I'm just like, I want to leave people alone. I want them to leave me alone. And so everybody around here has been super cool. And it's different from when I was younger. When I was younger, it was way more strict. And right now it's more like less people go to church. It's just literally like it's the older people and it's like the new families because you're raising your your kid. You're trying to put, you know, put structure in their life and that kind of thing. That's totally fine. But the people here, uh, they're really non-judgmental. Now, when I was younger and I would come up here, they were very judgmental. Of course, I was active in the church. I would go to church like with my grandpa, with my grandma, with my family, when we did family reunions and things like that. But nowadays, it's totally different. I've heard stories, though, that from when I was younger or when I was younger, but I was growing up in Southern California, that the kids that were you know my age, but here... Uh, cause I'm friends with some people here that are my age, but grew up here. And they told me that like, they couldn't even play Dungeons and Dragons because like he would, like my friend was over at his friend's house in the basement playing Dungeons and Dragons. And the dad came in and said, what are you doing? Oh, we're playing Dungeons and Dragons. It's a board game and, or it's a role-playing game or whatever. And he's, he leaves the room. He comes back like Witchcraft! 20 minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you need to get that out of my house. That's that's satanic. You need to get that out of my house. We're not. We're, I was we're expecting not to here. walk out of the room, come back, and like flip the fucking table. <laughs> Demon, be gone! You hate Jesus? How dare you? <laughs> Dude, honestly though, like going into the whole like religion thing nowadays, I feel like there's like an upspike in religion, especially like in our generation. Like, be it spiritual, Christian. Like, I feel like there's like a like a second coming of like like it's different type of christian where like a revival yeah like just like with any religion i feel like people are starting to separate religion spirituality whatever you want to call it from like a physical like church or place you go to like do this worship because like my even my grandma i mean she used to say stuff along the lines of like yes i fully believe in god this that but like i this is my church like being home being with my family being exactly where I need to be. Like, this is how I give back for, you know, what I have essentially is by enjoying it and being here. And, you know, like her perspective was like, why would my God that knows that I have a limited time on this planet want me to be somewhere where I'm not, it, 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 I'm not happy. Like I'm not enjoying being there because it's shot through like a totally different concept. Like, People can do their own Bible readings. They can do their own spiritual book readings. So, like, I don't want to make it just like any any religion, man. But I, there's just this separation where people are just learning how to be religious or spiritual, um, yeah, without needing like a structure of a church anymore. You know, for sure, because that's where the corruption comes in, and everybody's starting to see that. Even the older generations are starting to wonder why, you know, you know, they're living off of Social Security or whatever. They go to church, and then the church asks for half their Social Security. Like, dude, I can barely afford to live now and like you want to take some of my money like you're you're a church you should be like one of those things that's like it's okay do what you can if you can't do it it's totally okay like we're here for this like but most i'm, I'm not saying 
every church is like that, but there's, there's a good majority of these like mega churches that are like that. Like if you do want to have that wholesome church group type of feeling, like you almost need to go to like, uh, I don't want to say local churches because every church is local, but those like down home, like small churches, you know, like as soon as a church has a bigger parking lot than a school, like, I feel like you're not really going to get anything from that, that you're trying to get from that spiritual experience. I mean, that's just, that's just kind of my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, for sure. That's like the Costco of church. Exactly. Like when you see these mega churches, dude, like if you walk into a church, no matter what religion it is, and there's a fucking coffee place in the front like the, the it's 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 there for money like let's just be honest man like <laughs> like if it if it was like a normal church they'd just be brewing that you know fucking gas station coffee handing out for free you know like that's that's how churches are i remember like when i was a kid my mom used to you know we used to go to like the little local churches and stuff you'd walk in they got like a pot of coffee brewed um for lack of better terms it's almost like that like uh that meeting set up you know for like aa or like any type of meeting like that where you walk in, they have like the coffee and the little like, you know, donuts, all the generic shit, you know, it's just like the small stuff. Like, I feel like if anything, a church should be doing shit like that. Not like, come in, spend your money. Let's do this. Let's do that. And then by the way, at the end, give us all the money you got. (laughs) You ain't, you ain't got money, bro. Just, just throw your fucking ring and we'll sell it. No problem. We'll make it work. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like they're doing the, the Jim Jones model, like give, give everything you've got, you know, kind of a thing. And it, I see it. I see it here because, well, in the Mormon Church, it's required to give ten percent of your tithing. But if you actually read the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants, which is like a supplemental book of the Book of Mormon, um, it tells you you're supposed to give ten percent of your increase. Now, what does that mean? So, if you actually right now, everybody in the church that I know of, everybody that's an active member, gives literally ten percent of what they make every check to the church. That's, that's ridiculous. Like the church makes so much money. It doesn't pay any taxes and they own tons of real estate. They own tons of temples. They're building a new temple close by, by the way. And most of these temples are empty. Like you're only allowed to go in them. If you're a certain uh, age and you've received the priesthood or whatever, I don't even know. I've never been in the temple, but 10%, think about that. Now, if you read the actual text and you follow the actual text of the dude that started their church. He said, you're supposed to give 10% of your increase. Increase means if I made $100 this year, which I hope I make more than that, but if I made $100 this year, I don't give anything because that's that's my base, right? But if I make $200 next year, I'm supposed to give 10% of the second $100 that I made. So I'm supposed to give $10, not... 20 out of the whole. So that's what you're supposed to do. It's not like that. And there's other things that the church started like this way. And then it went a different direction. It doesn't follow like what the dude that started it. Like if you read their actual text, the Mormon church is supposed to be really cool with like weed and mushrooms and like other things from the earth because it's from the earth. It's okay. And as long as you consecrate it to God, you can put it in your body just fine. But now Mormonism is like the strictest, like you, you're not, they can't serve coffee. They like, you can't have coffee. You can't have caffeinated beverages. You can't have uh, like sodas with caffeine in it because caffeine is a poison for your body and your body is a temple, but that's not what they're, that's not what their I mean, books it, it, and shit it say. It technically is a drug. I mean, 
you got to give it that. It's just it's been a normalized drug through society because society just wants you to keep going, keep going, fast pace, fast pace. Every thing that just keeps people working is legal, and we just kind of normalized it. But I mean, I, I will give them that. It is. It, I would consider it. It's still in the drug family, though. But but they also like they're not open about like the weed thing or the psychedelic thing. So like if you were to ask a regular Mormon, they'd be like, no, 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 those are bad for your body. I would never put that in my body. But to me, I'm like, if you're a good Mormon and you follow exactly what Joseph Smith says, that dude was tripping all the fucking time. I'm not even kidding. Like it, he was a. Tri- I have an episode on our on our show. It's uh, with Cody Nakoni. People want to look it up. He's an ex Mormon who left the church dude's a super interesting guy he like talks about the church like very uh generically and very he he gets into detail and he talks about like the things that they do that don't follow you know what they need to do and then he talks about the origins of the church joseph smith was a treasure hunting occultist who took (laughs) drugs and gave drugs to other people so that they saw visions so i'm like to me drugs should be a part of the religion and now it's like no you, you shouldn't put that in your body. It's It's been corporatized, but there are fundamentalist Mormon sects that still believe in like having multiple wives and shit like that. I'm not into that. I think that's kind of fucked up. But if, if I think they still do the psychedelic shit, like I still feel like they do that. Do you, uh, do you listen to New York Patriot show? Oh yeah, for sure. So you've, you've gotten into the whole like dark side of like the mormon thing i was gonna bring it up but i didn't know if you wanted to go that way with it with all the occult stuff and everything but uh i was also listening to uh macroaggression shout out to uh charlie robinson and uh, he had somebody on there recently that was talking about these like tapes that came out i don't know have you, have you heard about this no i don't think so where it's pretty much uh just it's it's basically admitting and showing that the dude who formed the Mormon church, sorry, I'm losing the name off the top of my head. Um, Joseph Smith. Was, was, yes, was actually like a pedophile and was like abusing like his kids. And what was it? His, uh, his father or somewhere, somewhere along the line, there's like a grandfather that was like abusing like a generator or like he was the grandfather. Maybe it was, and he was abusing like his grandkids and stuff like that. But like digging into the whole Mormon church, it was like, I personally, just from everything that I've kind of dug into lately, feel like it was an occult society hidden within a religion. And yeah, of course, with you know most occult societies, part of the rituals is stuff with children, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, he was... So Joseph Smith himself, everybody who's a Mormon couple... Right. If you get married, you join together as man and wife, you're sealed in the, in the Mormon temples. Like there's different temples that are in different areas, right? My, like my parents are sealed in the temple. My grandfather and grandmother were sealed in the temple and you're sealed for all time and eternity. Joseph Smith, the guy that started this religion is sealed to, we don't know how many, like hundreds, possibly thousands of women. And some of those were from what I understand, girls as young as 14 maybe even 12 i'm not sure i've only read about a 14 year old but i know that if you mention that to the mormon people that are around me i've never done this and i I, i'm not trying to pick a fight with anybody so please i'm not if you're mormon i'm not trying to fight with you but if you mention how come joseph smith was married to a 14 year old is that okay it's on record like they can't deny it so all they say is well it was a different time you know blah 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 blah. he was an old man that's <laughs> fucked yeah, up that's, it, that's fucked up any way you slice it man that's fucked up yeah because there's no way like 
that child could consent at 14. Like, they don't even know what the fuck they're doing at that point. And especially going with the era, people are trying to use that as an excuse. Kids now are more sexualized than they were back then. So the equivalent of getting with a 14-year-old back then is probably more equivalent to, like, the mental state of, like, a well, as far as, like, sexuality goes, not so much, like, the, you know, like, housework, like, doing shit, you know? Like, it's probably more of, like, an eight-year-old, like, maturity level as far as, like, sexuality goes. You know what I mean? Like, that just makes it worse admitting the time that it happened in. Yeah. And it's like, it, that, does that make it better? Like, no, it's not. That's that's still, any way you slice it, like, the people who start these religions, let me not pick on, I'll, I'll fuck it, I'll throw another religion in there. Muhammad, who started Islam, he was sealed to very young girls, you know, in his religion, and they, he had multiple wives and all kinds of shit, and there's some pedophilia in there. Like, that's not cool. Like, I get that people need certain systems of faith, to give them something. And I feel like a lot of people, at least around me, like church is something that like recharges them. And everyone around me is such good people. Like everybody, Mormons, especially like, sorry, I picked on Mormons for a little while, but Mormons are super nice people. They're, they'll help you no matter what. I literally, like I can rely on my neighbors for anything. And they know that I have their back. Like no one in my area, like the world can go to hell and shit can hit the fan and we will feed each other. Like no matter what, everybody here raises something, we will feed each other. That's the type of people that Mormons are. But I would say that these religions were started by people that like, maybe, maybe they had good intentions. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to subscribe to any religion, but maybe also it could have been started by people who were like really into control and they might have been pedophiles at the same time. <laughs> I mean, shit, I always say, what's the difference between a cult and a religion? The fact that the uh, the person who was running it died before it could be called out is bullshit. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to, like, secret organizations, the way that it works is that people enter it, and they're, like, the base level. And anybody that actually knows any of the occult principles, any of the secret knowledge of the society, they're all, like, the high rank ones. The ones at the bottom, they don't know shit. So anybody that's like in the Mormon church, you're just seeing that perspective of just the numbers because they want quantity so that there's less eyes on them. But at the top, that's where all the crazy shit's going on. But they get hidden by all the numbers that have no fucking idea what's going on. Because if there's 10% that know what's going on, the 90% that don't, most people are going to assume that it's bullshit because the 90% are like, oh, what the fuck are you talking about? That's not true. Like it's, it's well thought out and planned that it fits perfectly into a secret society construct or or a cult construct because cults are the same fucking way. All the people that come in the bottom level, they're like nice people because they're all just people that are kind of need a path to follow. You know, they, they need something to make them feel whole. So they're looking for that. And that's where they come in. I mean, same with a lot of religions. And because of that, the person at the top, AKA all these fucking people that are low key old pedophiles, you know, they, they see that and they, they take advantage of the power. And that's, that's what it comes down to. Honestly, is it's, it's all a control thing, man. And it's literally, for lack of a better term, if you look at it in the most literal sense possible, a cult. 100%. And I, I can agree with you there. And there are structures like this that we know of, like Scientology, for example, like until you get into the, you cross the bridge, you don't know that like, it's all about like Xenu and the planets and destroying all the shit and blah, 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 blah. Well, the Mormon church is the same way. There's stuff that 
like you're told is true and then uh you realize like maybe maybe you realize that uh, it's probably bullshit um like one of the things uh if you're non-mormon and you mention this to a mormon like god lives on a planet uh named kolob and when you're holy enough like god you can become like a god for your own universe and you can have multiple wives and they follow you into the afterlife, but you get to become a creator God yourself. If you reach like this highest level of heaven, there's three different levels of heaven. Um, and within the membership, there's different levels of membership. There's regular, like just people that show up like families, and then you can become like a Bishop or a deacon. And then you can move up the ladder and become a stake president. And which is like a, a Bishop of like a certain, area in a state like a county or something i don't know and then like you can you can make your way all the way up to the top echelons of the church where you can become the church's prophet or like a pope and they have he has a group of 12 dudes called the corman of the 12 who are also considered like him a prophet seer and revelator and they know shit about the church that everyone below them doesn't know so it's it's all like I look at it like it's a fucking business. They just interweaved a cult into it. And then they, they're like slap religion on it and they go, Oh, give us your money because we're a charity. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, going back to what I was saying about churches, um, if the pastor or high ups in the church have nice, th- there's nice clothes that are just, you know, like average person's nice. And then there's like ridiculous nice. If they, if they're wearing like the ridiculous, nice clothes, you know what? They're stealing your fucking money, bro. Cause they're actually doing what the church intended. You know, you it's like those local churches. You see the dude wearing just like, you know, some basic like JCPenney fucking polo shirt, you know, some nice like Dockers or something like that. You know, you don't see him wearing fucking like Jordans and like Gucci and shit. You know, like if I see that shit, bro, I'm instantly walking right back out that fucking door. Oh, yeah, for sure. That to me, you know, what's funny is uh, <laughs> I agree with you 100 percent. But the only time like I've ever been in a church and I and I've like felt any anything like like godly you know most of the time it's always felt like uh going to school when i fucking hate school so it's it felt like i was like being told and said to do certain things but the only time i enjoyed going to church unfortunately was during a funeral and i went to a black church it was my it was my boss and unfortunately she passed away she's like the nicest one in the world baptist um southern baptist yeah she was uh i forgot what congregation but she's it was the it was the first time like I went to the black area. I went to the black church. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to not go to her funeral. I love this woman. She's such a nice woman. And she did a lot for me, like as like educating me in, in working and just life in general. And she was just a really cool, like person to talk to. So she passed away. She was really involved with her church, her daughter, her son. They're really involved with her church. I went to this church. It was for her funeral. Like she's lying up there, man. But the bishop and all the speakers that came to talk about like the work she's done in her life and the community and all this kind of stuff, like I felt something in that church and everybody was so friendly. And like afterward, everybody was like, let's, let's, eat, let's all eat together. And they, they made like biscuits and all kinds of like interesting foods to go eat, like in the basement section. And they were like, come on, let's, let's, let's talk, brother. Let's share stories about Miss Carolyn and all this stuff. And I was like, great. This is awesome. Like, 
I wish church was like, I wish church was like a rave or like a buffet where like everybody had to sit and eat together and share thoughts and ideas. And that's what I got from that church. But I never got that from like the Mormon church growing up. Unfortunately, I got, I actually didn't even realize it was like a religion. Most of the time I was going because I like to hang out with my friends. I mean, honestly, I feel like a lot of it has to do with just like the culture in general, though, that it's like the average white culture is about stepping on the person next to you and being above everybody else. Where when it comes to um, like Baptist churches, uh, you know, it's more about that community sense just because they they kind of still have that mentality of like everybody help each other out kind of a thing. I mean, you know, there's there's bad eggs on every side and there's good eggs on both sides, but just in general as the culture provokes, I feel like there's more, we're all one as far as like African-American culture and like Baptist churches go versus like the white culture where it's all just be better than the person next to you. And of course it translates into the religions that kind of adapt with both. For sure. I'm getting, so the vibe that I get around here, um, I, I feel like it's a little bit different and maybe it's actually centered not just on like race or culture, but even area because growing up in California, like in the Mormon church, I always felt like it was a very, like you just said, like step on the person next to you, kind of you're better than the, you know, be better, you know, like you you have to make more money. You have to do more, blah, blah, blah. But here, because it's such a, it's a very rural location. Like everybody knows everybody. No one's like that here. So the vibe is completely different. So I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to go to church because I just don't like going to church. But <laughs> if I were to go to church, I, I actually might feel more comfortable going to church because the people here are a different culture than like Southern California Mormon culture. This is like Idaho Mormon culture, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I was going to say too, it also probably has to do with more like, I mean, that aspect too. It's all about the demographic, but even like a rich versus like a poor area where the rich people are rich because, you know, they don't share, they keep everything to themselves, they just hoard all their wealth versus, like, the poor communities. Um, like, poor people are the most giving people I've ever met in my entire life. Like, when I used to clean windows back when I was a window cleaner, i go to these giant mega mansions and shit, and they'd have you come back out, like, five times to fix just, like, a little tiny spot on the window. They'd never tip you a fucking dollar. And then you do these little tiny houses with, like, five windows down in Detroit, and you'd have these little old ladies that are trying to hand you 20 bucks, and it's like, you appreciate the tip, but it's like, no, I did a good job because you're a kind person. Like, keep your money. It's fine. I appreciate it. I appreciate the gesture, but like, I'm doing it because you, you're nice and I, I wanted to do it for, get really nice for you versus like these rich people. You're like, fuck them. Like, they, they're, they don't give a shit. They won't give me a hundred dollar tip. I'd fucking accept it. But, you know, if there's just somebody that's, you know, looks like they're just getting by, you know, they just want a little, little extra to clean their windows and shit. Like, I'm, I'm not going to accept a tip from you, man. Like, I'm just doing a good job because you're a kind person, you know? Oh yeah. hundred percent. That's how it is here too. Like, um, I remember it. So we know we're business owners. We run our own business, but we know other business owners here. And they just put a donut shop down the street, bomb donut shop. I went over and talked to them. Uh, I've done some service for them and they've done some things for me. And we just decided like, we're going to not charge each other our full rates. We're going to 50% on everything. We're going to share everything. And I've gotten to the point where like my wife makes really good food. And so I've like taken food over there and they're like, how much do you want to charge? And I'm like, no, I'm feeding you. I want you to eat this food. And they're like, no, but we want to pay you. It's, it's what's right. And it's like, no, I want to feed you. 
you're my neighbors. Like let, we're training let skills. Exactly. Like we're already like, we're basically family at this point, you know? No, that's a nice thing to have the community trade off of just trading skills. Because honestly, when everything hits the fucking fan, bro, that's, what's going to be all about is like, I can do this. You can do that. Hey, you know, I'll do this for you. You do this for me. I mean, it's no different even in like the podcast community, man. When you're trying to do like collaborations with people and different shit, it's like, oh, you're a really good artist. I'm not the best artist. Let's do a collaboration together, you know, because maybe you're not the best at promoting things. So I can promote, you do the art, you know, we'll work it out. Like it's all about trading what you do have, you know, and it doesn't always have to be material items. It can just be a skill, honestly. 100%. I love, I love the community around here because it's like, so like where we get our milk is literally this grass fed milk. That's just like maybe 20 minutes away. I've seen where the cows are raised. I've watched them give birth like really nice lady, really good family. And I make this uh, like chili thing. That's like way too hot for her to eat, even though she, she wanted me to give her something hot to try. Uh, but she actually mixed it in with the dairy and makes a, like a salsa cheese. So Ooh. now we're on a, like, I'm going to trade you this, you trade me milk. And so there's no money exchanged and it's just, we're even Steven, we're good to go. She's giving me like this milk that I have milk every day now because it's so good and it's just oh, yeah, fresh and creamy. And then she's getting a product that she can make more products of and make even more money and it's helping her out. Yeah, dude. Fucking awesome. I dig it. I love the fact that you've got the whole community thing going. And I'm honestly fucking jealous, dude. <laughs> Guy can live over here, man. Dude, one day, one day I'll be out of Michigan. Or at least, you know, I'll be up in the UP. That's that's the other dream. So <laughs> for sure. Let's make a podcasters like compound base and just like parcel out the land. Everybody everybody shares. Dude, if shit hits the hits the fan, man, that's already gonna happen. Like hands down. Like there's gonna be this weird meetup where like all these podcasters go to one specific location, and we all look around and go, "Oh, hey, you're here. Awesome. We all thought the same." <laughs> oh man, I hope it's here because I I don't want to leave. I like it here. <laughs> <laughs> well, one day I'll at least attempt to come and visit. <laughs> that being said, we're uh nearing about hour and a half or so. That's usually where I try to start kind of kind of wrapping stuff up at. So. uh before I start doing all of my end of show bullshit, let everybody know again where they can come find you at and check all your stuff out. Cause you know, they enjoy hearing me talk. I guarantee they'll enjoy hearing you talk. We kind of flow off the same energy. So, you know, pass the love back over. It's that community concept. I got something. You got something. You know, some of my listeners go your way. Some of your listeners come my way and we just interchange and everybody gets an awesome podcast to listen to, you know, and they get one more show to add onto their list of all the shit they listen to weekly. But if anybody's coming to try to find you guys, where they come find you at. For sure. So they can listen to my wife and me. We're false reality check. You can find us on any podcaster anywhere. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram at FRC pod, email us at FRC podcast at protonmail.com or join our telegram community. That's where we're most active. Probably it's t.me slash false reality check. Um, everybody shares there. Everybody kind of shares recipes. Everybody shares like homesteading things and there's paranormal stuff and there's like weird conspiracy things in there. It's kind of just an open community. As long as you're not trying to sell us like some kind of crypto investment spam stuff, you're, you're pretty <laughs> welcome. And we like to hear from you. So just reach out to us there. Um, and then I think on, in every description for all of our shows, um, I just updated our link tree so you can find the link tree there. Um, you know, but we love to hear from everybody and just thanks for having me on the show, man. I just, I know I was supposed to be the co-host. It kind of worked out different, but I had a good time. Nonetheless. It's always a pleasure, man. I love talking to you. So regardless, it was kind of the backup plan, but you know, I, like I said, I, I enjoy talking to you. So it was going to happen regardless, whether we did it on a show or off the air. So what happened? <laughs> 
And uh, I always like to, before I get into all my bullshit, like I was saying, end the show on words of wisdom from the guests to the listeners. So at this current stage in your life or, you know, fleeting off of this conversation, what are some words of wisdom that you'd like to bestow upon the listeners? Things are a lot more negative looking than they actually are. Um, when it seems like the world's falling apart on your phone or on the computer, just look outside and listen to the birds and watch the trees and get yourself in nature and you should be good to go. And also, if you want to change something, change it. Quit waiting for somebody to tell you to do it. If you, you know, you, you know what you want, go after it, do what you got to do and everything will work out. Trust me. Um, we, we didn't think it would work out for us. Uh, we we both kind of lost our jobs because we didn't want to get vaccinated, but uh, it's all good. We just took a leap and the net appeared. So just, just try it out. Might work out for you. Honestly, dude, the only obstacle in anybody's path is themselves, because if it's something that you truly want to do, you won't let any other obstacles get in your way. You'll find a way around it. You'll make it work. So honestly, half of it's come down and find your passion, what you'd like to do. And don't let anything get in the way of that. Like it's you. So let it be you live into it. You know, 100%. That being said, get into all my my end bullshit. I'm a little bit better at this than the beginning, but you know, we'll get there. It'll take a couple episodes and then it'll, it'll get into a nice flow. So uh, if anybody would like to be a guest on the show, if anybody would like to sponsor the show, if anybody has a topic that they would love to have talked about on the show or guests that they'd want to see on the show, or if you have anything that you feel you can contribute to help the show, please shoot me an email. It's uh, Increase of Our Reality Podcast at Outlook.com. Uh, you can also hit me up on Instagram. Uh, honestly, even if you just want to come by, swing by, have a conversation with me, I'm always down for it. So, you know, don't don't be afraid to shoot me a message because I guarantee you, you will receive a response back from me. Because if you take the time to send me a message, the least I can do is take the time to have a conversation with you. So don't be scared. Shoot me a message. Let's let's talk, man. Maybe one day you'll uh, end up being somebody that pops on the show because I'm always down for listeners on the show. But you never know. You got you got you got to make that connection first because it's one of those things that I may not know who you are, but you know who I am. So I may not be able to search for you, but you know, break that communication. Come my way. Come come and have a conversation with me, and we'll see where it goes. And also that being said, too, like I was kind of saying in the beginning of the show, I'm kind of trying to do more of like the value for value model. So I have multiple ways that you could theoretically donate to the show to hopefully help it uh, take off. You know, you'll just it'd be better audio quality. Maybe I can add more things into the Patreon that I do that's exclusive to the Patreon. Uh, we'll kind of adapt it. We'll, we'll see how it goes from there. But, uh, you know, just you got to have a starting point. So that being said, uh, in the links, you can donate through Anchor, which is my my RSS host. Uh, you can also donate through Ko-fi. You can donate through PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, all that fun stuff. It's all in my link tree. Uh, just click it. You know, if you want to send me a couple bucks for some kombucha, always appreciated. And uh, with that, I guess this is this is the end of the show. As sad as that is, but I will be back before you know it because I drop way too many episodes each week. <laughs> so I hope everybody enjoyed the conversation and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.